Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 85, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Everybody's back on campus now. Boys are starting to settle in. Collins, we'll throw it over to you first. Sounds like it's pretty quiet at Villanova right now. Yeah, there's there's nothing going on right now. I, I just moved in today. None of the boys are on campus. It's just uh, the sorority girls right now for Rush. Yeah, not much going on here besides practice. Hopefully uh, things pick up soon, and you know I'm looking forward to, to getting the season started again what's uh the practice schedule like for for this week so yesterday we had a little little skills session about eight guys just working uh on getting the legs moving you know getting back into game shape and then tomorrow is just going to be a regular you know full practice to get prepped for uh for friday outdoor game against lehigh's click uh you were on your annual ski trip so we we missed you last week how was that a little bit warmer than usual which kind of sucked for the quality of this game but on the bright side absolutely no one was there so the lines were very short for the lifts so can't complain about that part yeah and, and temple up and running again most of the boys are here the officers are definitely here because today we had our very fun officer training murph knows about it all the fellow officers listening know about how fun those meetings are so we had that today First practice of the, of the semester is tomorrow, and then we the day after, we take a trip down to Morgantown to face West Virginia. That should be a good weekend. There we go. Yeah, no, exciting. Always always fun when you get the trip chance to go down to Morgantown. Things are, are you know, settling back in here at Cuse. We we practiced on Monday, gearing up for a trip down to Philly to play Drexel, so the boys are excited for that one. Got swept by Drexel earlier in the year, lost one in overtime, and then they kind of handed it to us on the Saturday game, so we're definitely looking forward to this one and some points on the line in the Eschel, so always going to be back this is one of the most fun times of the year i think when all the boys get back all the guys in my house are back all the guys in the house next door are back uh the rookies did an airbnb for the second year in a row so they're having a blast it's a fun time we we joke it's like junior hockey like you're just going to practice there's no classes literally sitting around doing nothing all day and then going to the rink so it's been a good week but definitely excited to to get back out there with the guys and um not really looking for the classes to start again but we'll cross that bridge when we get there next week thankfully i don't know about you guys but Cuse doesn't start until Tuesday because with Martin Luther King Day on, on Monday so got one extra day before the classes start exactly the same at Temple and thank God for that extra day do not want to get back to school right now yeah it, it's a lifesaver um let's get to the news it's gonna be kind of brief we're gonna keep it brief busy week here like we mentioned everybody's settling back into school here so uh we'll try to hit the highlights here but we wanted to give a huge shout out to former Robert Morris ACHA Division one goalie Christian Pellegrino he suited up for the wheeling nailers last week after they had a last minute goalie call up. So he served as the backup was going back and forth with some of the guys from Robert Morris. They were in attendance at the game and uh, they got to, you know, be right on the glass and warm ups, take some photos of Christian and didn't get any action in the game, but pretty cool to see an, an ACHA goalie getting the call up to serve as the backup in the coast. So we want to make sure we gave him a huge shout out for that. Both of you are goalies. What's your going through your mind if you get to the call up to, to sit on the bench? Are you just happy to be there or are you like a little bit antsy? Maybe you might get the chance to go in. We'll throw Glick. We'll go to you first. I feel like at, you know, obviously such a high level, I just be just trying to take it all in as much as I can. Just, you know, just during warm ups, just kind of just being like, wow, I can't believe I'm here, you know playing up in a professional game even if it's just warming up i just try to just take in all the all the sites and after that just try and just enjoy watching the game probably the best uh seat in the house hopefully not have to go in cold because i'll be honest that is the worst ever i've never really done well going in cold and even though it would be a great opportunity to play you know in the echl i don't think i would do such a great job going in completely cold it was pretty cool seeing how, how pumped the boys were to see him and, and make the trip down to wheeling to cheer him on in warm-ups wanted to give a shout out to luke reeve 
the freshman from Ohio. He led the way in the ACHA in the first semester with 45 points at the break. Uh, he picked up right where he left off in the first game back against Stony Brook with four goals, a five to two win for the Bobcats. Beast mode numbers from a freshman. I think it just shows how much better the ACHA is really getting. If we got guys coming in in their first year, lighting it up like this, I think it just means that the ACHA is getting better quality players. And I mean, normally uh, you look at the point leaders, it's usually guys who have been in the league for a while now. I wonder if he's raising any eyebrows from some division three coaches that may maybe passed on him while he's tearing it up in the ACHA now. So, I want to give a shout out to Luke Reeve. Stony Brook did get the bounce back win in overtime the next night. I want to give a shout out to our guy Sully who, who who played awesome. A couple other upsets. Illinois State. They swept Maryville, which was a big one. Uh, we had a stunner. Michigan Cleary took down Lawrence Tech. That was another big upset. Statistically, this is kind of the time of year for upsets, especially coming off of a break. A lot of teams still getting adjusted to things. And I think some of the underdogs catch people by surprise this time of year because, you know, if you got nothing to play for and you're kind of out of it th- at this point, no better way to get back into it than start the new year off with a win. And so wanted to give a shout out to Illinois State. They're having a great year. They're definitely not down and out of it. But I think Cleary has been trying to get into the win column a little bit more often in the second half here and they started off with a win over Lawrence Tech so want to give those guys a shout out speaking of goal scoring leaders you mentioned Luke Reeve ACHA Division 2 men's posted their scoring leaders Michael Shippey is leading the way with 34 goals 28 assists for 62 points those are absurd numbers followed by a bunch of guys from Concordia Wisconsin Alexander Way Lucas Cruiser, Ian Malcolmson, and Sam Weiss. Four guys in the top five all play on the same team. They're just lighting it up. So I wanted to give the, those guys a shout out from Concordia, Wisconsin. Kyle Hayden is the D2 leader in goals against average with a .99. That is almost twice as good as the next best goalie, which is Jorgen Johnson from Montana State. Kyle is a huge beauty. Looking forward to seeing him again at, at Nationals, former guest of the show. Always good to see them having success. And we wanted to give him a shout out because those boys, after a 4 nothing win last weekend, they got a call, uh, you know, like like many of us this time of year, the hockey guys are the only guys on campus. They had a bus get snowed in. I'm not sure if it was their bus that they needed for the next day, but after the game, 11 o'clock at night, they got told, hey, let's call the guys at the hockey house and get them here to shuffle out this bus. And sure enough, the hockey boys came rolling in and got the bus out and the video we posted was hilarious so we wanted to give those guys a a shout out as well but big weekend for hockey in georgia it is the annual savannah hockey classic kind of the the south's answer to the bean pot two-day college hockey tournament brings in four college hockey teams to compete for the coveted thrasher cup title in the heart of savannah georgia the teams playing as always are florida state georgia tech florida and georgia the acc teams will square off Friday night at 6, Florida State and Georgia Tech. And then the SEC teams will go on after at 8.30. Uh, And then the next day, we get an in-state matchup between Florida State and Florida at 5.30. And then at 8.30, we get the Georgia matchup, Georgia versus Georgia Tech. Uh, I I did mention Beanpot. It isn't quite Beanpot style because the team with the best record gets the the trophy. So if you go 2-0, you basically clinch a spot. And then I'm not sure what the tiebreaker is if there's two teams that do go 2-0. But should be an exciting weekend of hockey. couple of the teams debuting some new uniforms. This weekend for the Savannah Hockey Classic. The first one came out a couple days ago. They actually wore them last weekend in a sweep against Kennesaw State, but Georgia going with the icy whites, the white shells, white socks, white jerseys, kind of what we saw from the Toronto Maple Leafs when they did the stadium series in Annapolis, what University of Michigan did outdoors. 
Collins, I'm curious what your thoughts on the all-white look. It's it's either really good or really bad, depending on who you ask. I think Georgia did a really good job. I, I like the honeycomb pattern. I think they're really incorporating some great design symbols of their school, which I think is great. But sometimes I think it can go a little bit awry if you if you overdo it. I'm sorry you, Mary, but I'm not a big fan of the white helmet, white glove, white pants. I think it is a great look, and I'm looking forward uh, to these games. One thing I was thinking of, next year, they should try and get the Savannah Bananas involved in this and do the games at the Savannah Bananas Stadium. I think that would be absolutely awesome. Maybe get the Savannah Bananas to make some uh, some TikToks about it, really really get some traction going on social. I think that that could be something that would be pretty huge. Yeah, well, that brings up uh, the next point there. For the first time, they will be playing this at the End Market Arena, which is the proud home of the ECHL's Savannah Ghost Pirates. They are the newest addition to the ECHL. I think they saw the success that the Bananas had adding a hockey team, and I think they've been a hit. They've been selling out a lot of games too, so they get to play in a new barn, which is really good for the guys, but I think that would be huge if they could somehow get the Savannah Bananas involved in this, and I think you know that ballpark that they play in is pretty historic, uh, Grayson Stadium, so that'd be cool to see an outdoor game there, and now maybe because they have the ECHL team, they probably want to play an outdoor game there too, so that's not a bad idea. Georgia released their jerseys. They usually do a specialty jersey for this one too. Theirs has the, the jersey patches for the Children's Hospital, in the Ronald McDonald House, black jersey with a red stripe. It says Georgia Hockey Club in the circle with some buildings on the front. Pretty clean look. They're going to auction those off afterwards, probably supporting a good cause if I had to guess based on the logos and stuff. Should be a really good weekend of hockey in Savannah. We'll be looking forward to covering it. Want to mention our friends from Great Camp Jobs. Working at camp will be one of the best jobs you'll ever have. We're not just saying that. We really mean it. Every summer, thousands of children from all over the country go to camp for some fun, growth, and friendship. But camps are not just invested in their campers, they're also invested in their staff and provide opportunities for staff members to learn, grow, and thrive. Camp jobs are from mid-June to mid-August and dates vary based on location. Food, housing, travel stipend, comprehensive staff training, and days off are all included as part of a compensation package. Brent from Great Camp Jobs connects college students seeking summer jobs and paid internships with unique opportunities to work at some of the best overnight camps in the United States. With 15 locations across the United States, Great Camp Jobs places over thousands of college students in seasonal positions each summer. Camp groups, camps are among the best summer camps in the United States. To learn more, head to greatcampjobs.com. Like I mentioned last episode, I had a blast working at a summer camp last year. Got to you know coach hockey. If that's something you want to do, it's it's great to work with kids in the summer. There's plenty of camps that offer hockey programs too. That's what they do at Great Camp Jobs. They can set you up in a place that you will be comfortable this summer and, and have a blast doing it. Wanted to mention a, a little bit of ranking talk this week. Not really much changing in the top three. We still got Minot State 1, Adrian 2, Liberty 3. Jamestown jumps up to number four and UNLV down to five, followed by Indiana Tech, Ohio. UCO is number eight. They drop a spot. Niagara jumps up to nine. Illinois State also jumps up in the top 10, but should be a a really exciting week of hockey. We'll get to the games of the week when we come back, but we are very excited for this week's guest. Lawson McDonald, the hockey guys, is joining the show. We're going to meet with him in a little bit here. Not an ACHA guy, but he played Division I NCAA hockey at Nebraska Omaha. Uh, He then transferred to Division III, where he played at University of Wisconsin-Superior, and it was there that him and his roommates started this whole hockey guys thing that's really taken off. Now they're kind of 
doing this in an office in, in Minnesota now, and they've been making content for a while. So we wanted to pick his brain as college hockey players, kind of see you know where he got the drive for all this content and the social media stuff, maybe how ACHA guys can market themselves better, how they can get involved in creating content, not just for themselves, but maybe for their teams as well. So we're really looking forward to this interview. And as always, it's brought to you by OptumX Sports. OptumX Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their web own websites. The best part is your first year is free. Yes, your first year is free. Like we always mentioned, be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. If you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at OptumXSports.com slash sign up slash Hockey House Pod. They have the online store feature. They have the ticket sales. Really cool to see a lot of teams utilizing this. They're also partnering with club lacrosse teams now, which is awesome. Good to see them kind of branching out. Our guys at Varsity Club Lacrosse are, are hooking them up with some club lacrosse guys we love to see that uh love to see optimex growing like i mentioned it, it's a no-brainer your first year is free after your first year you are still reaping the benefits of all the features that they have on their website so be sure to check them out and with that being said we will turn things over to our interview with lawson mcdonald Pleased to be joined by a very special guest this week, a guy who's kind of made a name for himself in the hockey world, especially on social media the last couple of years, Lawson McDonald from the Hockey Guys. Lawson, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. What's up, guys? Thank you all for having me on here, and I'm really looking forward to uh, chatting today. You guys had a, a pretty crazy week with the Winter Classic. What was that experience like? Had you been to Boston before? That was a great experience. Been to Boston, but only for about a day. Got to experience five days there, and it was a really, really good experience. I'd say I'd put it in in top three cities in my book now and the fact that we got to go to Fenway was really cool as well that we could tie that into the whole package of experiencing the Boston city life guys like Collins and I like we obviously see a lot of the work that you guys do I'm curious when you talk to people and they ask what you do and they're not really familiar with social media how do you explain it to them yeah I that's a good question it depends who asks it really does sometimes I just say you know we make videos on TikTok and we do social media content if I know that they'll not even know what that is, then I'll just say we have a media company and just like leave it at that kind of thing. So it, it really depends on who's asking. Well, so you guys have a home for your media company now, right? Yeah, we just moved into an office about a month and a half ago. And where is that office? It's in Minneapolis, just in a suburb outside the city there in Minnesota. So it's a great spot. Kind of nice that we're in a hockey hub as well with a lot of guys that are even a part of the group live there. So it was a really good spot that just kind of made sense for us to move to. Even though I'm from Canada, it still works out pretty well. It's been awesome to see that the growth that you guys have had. I know we chatted briefly like a year ago and I feel like it's it's been, you guys have even taken off even more than than when we last talked. So uh, wanted to pick your brain a little bit because one of the things that we like to talk about at the Hockey House is kind of the alternative in college hockey is playing the club route with the ACHA and now there's the CHF, all, all kinds of leagues with non-varsity college hockey and want guys to find you know really good fits when it comes to university i think you have some background in that walk us through you mentioned growing up in canada uh what was where where did you grow up what was your minor hockey career like grew up in winkler manitoba so my minor hockey was really typical to just playing in that area i never really went out to go to any private schools or venture off far from the province of Manitoba. I played in the MJHL, so that was kind of like the step when I took to take hockey 
more seriously at that junior age was when I went to play for Winkler. So I played there for four years and kind of at that moment, I knew that I wanted to play college versus the WHL. Like I didn't get draft or anything like that. So that path kind of just fizzled out a bit. The college was kind of what I had my eyes set on. D1 was kind of my top thing that I really wanted to work to get to. I just love the idea of going to the US, going to school and playing hockey at the same time. Was that pretty common in the MJ when you were at Winkler? Like were other guys going the NCAA route or were there a lot of guys making the jump to major junior? I think it's more common now. Like you do see it a lot more from those Canadian leagues that guys are playing college. I think college, I think it's just growing more. The players that are coming out of there, how many guys are going to the NHL now and just the level of hockey, I think is getting a lot more attractive. So when I was on Winkler, there wasn't a lot, I guess, of even passion to go that far in hockey either. There was a handful of players that I played with did, but even in the league, there was maybe four or five commits to college teams total division one wise and then you'd hear a handful go d3 as well it's definitely getting more and more now what universities were you looking at in the u.s you end up going to nebraska omaha what was that process like i didn't have like a crazy amount of looks and stuff went to clarkson for a visit at the end of the day like my options weren't nothing crazy so when i got something from nebraska omaha i kind of met them i believe it was at a showcase in the mjhl came to came up to canada to watch a couple games their assistant coach did and we just talked a few times and then that's when I went over to just kind of take that visit played a couple more games in front of them then they finally came up with an offer with me and it wasn't too much of a decision to just say yes because it was really what I had goals set out to do and when you when you got to Omaha what was kind of your, your welcome to college hockey moment making that transition from you know the Canadian game down to the U.S. I remember it was like in the summertime because they wanted us all the come in July, which was way before the season started, but just to get familiar with the game and the players and the practicing, it was a lot different. I remember going out for like the first scrimmage that we had and so much more fast paced than what I was used to, especially in a scrimmage. I just knew then, and at least I had time, but just that I had to adapt. And I think that's kind of why they want you to come in in the summertime too, is just you have then months of practicing with the guys at that high pace. So I remember then by the time I had like three months of those practices in, it felt a lot better when it came time to actually play a game because they do practice hard. And when you do scrimmages in those practices, they try to really make it feel like a game, which helped that jump from kind of junior hockey to college. At what point when you got to college, did you start like making videos? Was that always something you had done growing up? Were you interested in, in making media or was that something that kind of came about in being a student athlete? For me, it was more when um, the bit of the creative side I had kind of when I played uh, at Nebraska Omaha. But for those that don't know kind of like goes into the story for me was that I actually got cut from that team after my sophomore year so I then went to play division three for two years that was when I decided to just start making content was not when I was in Omaha I went to Wisconsin Superior for my sophomore and senior year really just started to want to document what my experience was playing division one versus d3 kind of like was looking online and just realizing how not many hockey players created YouTube videos or content and really vlogged. This was even before TikTok. So that's when I just kind of picked up a camera and wanted to make some day in the life videos as I played D3 and expand on the topic of like 
hey, what's D1 like? What's D3 like? When I was younger, I kind of wanted to make videos for my younger self, which was somebody that didn't even know what a college game day was for Division One because no one documented it. And I didn't know where to, to look for those differences. So that's kind of what started it for me to just make content. Haven't really stopped since. Now, when you first picked up the camera, I'm curious, like you mentioned that hockey players aren't the most comfortable guys around the camera. I think maybe there's a little bit of a stigma like, oh, hockey players are tough. You're supposed to show up to the rink, get pucks deep, play the body and go home. Like, what was that like bringing a camera everywhere you went? Were you getting looks from teammates? Were were guys, I'm sure guys on the ice were chirping you for the videos because that's what hockey players love to do. How did you adjust to this kind of, you kind of broke a stigma? It was a little bit different, I think for me, because first of all, like I knew that I guess was coming and I already made the decision before I started that I just truly would not care. I just did not care what people in the room would think because I made the decision to start doing it anyway, which helped the people that I like had in our locker room too made it really nice. They just took it so well. They were really supportive of it. I didn't try to, I guess, be in people's faces with it. I started very shy for the most part with a GoPro. And when I made one video, I remember I made a road trip video. It was kind of sneakily made. Not many people like saw me like having it out and just me talking to the camera. So when I posted it and shared it, everyone liked it and thought it was cool. And I think that kind of opened up the floodgates a little bit with people just realizing what kind of content I was trying to make and then seeing it back was way more accepting from my teammates. Not only adjusting to that, but difference level in division one hockey and in division three, you mentioned it, but more and more guys are coming down from Canada. More and more guys are making the trek from Europe. College hockey as a whole seems to be growing in the U S with kind of, you're seeing the results of, you know, the Arizona's and the Anaheim's of the world. Like more people are just playing hockey. There's not as many spots for NCAA hockey, you know, talent. Was that something that you saw when you made the transition to division three? Were you skating with guys who you made maybe were like better than some of the guys you might've been playing with in Nebraska the year before? Oh yeah, definitely. I was, that was like a big surprise for me too, that there were hundred percent players in D3 that I remember being like, you should definitely be playing division one. Or I was like, how are you playing for one of these teams in D3? Because the the players I played last year, like for sure, were not as good as you. And I think the players that I played with too, that I thought were in that same boat, I always like wondered. And I think there's a fine line of sometimes like the players that just get the opportunity to commit somewhere, whether it's your grades or one little thing that a coach sees that he just doesn't like as much as he does with another defenseman can be the difference over the span of four years especially a lot can change with a player so by the time they get to their senior year that same guy that went different paths as another kid could be at totally different levels and the guy that played d3 could maybe have improved 10 times more and that's when you're going to see a lot of really good hockey players at that level so yeah it's what i kind of definitely learn from the differences of D1 and D3. And like moving on from that point, like I guess we we didn't really talk about it, but when you were deciding, when you got told that you weren't going to have a spot next year at Nebraska, were you looking all over the place for Division Three programs? Like what led you to Wisconsin Superior? I was looking at a few different spots. I definitely was looking more in the Western, not, not like East Coast D3, just because like in the New York schools and conferences, just because like I was from Massachusetts Manitoba and I wanted to make sure my last two years were somewhat close to home just with family and girlfriend I didn't want to be flying back and forth and I wanted to be driving distance 
so that's why those schools in like the Minnesota area caught my attention more specifically I kind of went with Wisconsin Superior because I played with two guys or actually three in the MJHL when I was in Winkler they're really good buddies of mine that all ended up playing for Wisconsin Superior so I kind of was on the phone with them a lot talking to them about it I knew I'd have fun with them I knew that they had a good team when I was going in there so yeah that's kind of why I just ended up going with that it was more so somewhere that I knew I was going to enjoy it and that was really important to me for my last two years when you were looking for new schools was was U sports ever in the conversation or, or were you looking to stay in the U.S.? Yeah, U Sports was a big, that was kind of like the decision for me was between Wisconsin and University of Manitoba. It was when I when I finally picked a D3 school, I was like, it's going to be this one. It was going to be that or Manitoba, which was a really tough decision because there's a price like to pay to go to school too was a lot different. Plus that really was my home. And like Winnipeg, I would have played in Winnipeg. It would have been right close to it. For me, what turned me off of going to U Sport was that I just didn't feel the same kind of atmosphere and the same fun and college experience as I knew that I got on the state side. It was it's a lot different when you go to play university hockey there versus in like the states and I could see it right away. I think I would have been probably living at home, wouldn't have had that much of a team feel to it, which kind of worried me. Didn't think I'd have as much fun there as I would playing in Wisconsin. So you do junior, senior year in Wisconsin. That's when kind of the YouTube page takes off. At what point did this transition from you making videos to now your teammates were getting involved and we kind of start to see the early days of the hockey guys? It started with me making videos kind of of them in my vlogs, which I did like these vlogs of road trips and college house tour and stuff like that. The same guys that I made with the hockey guys like that I filmed of, they were all a part of that content originally with with me, which kind of made it easy because they already were familiar with me pointing a camera at them. So my senior year and during that like COVID year, I started to do that more with them, but on TikTok. So that's more so when it started to take off was just through TikTok and not YouTube. I would say it was 2020. We just had nothing else to do. We weren't playing games. We were just at like hanging out in the houses, bored, just ready to do something different a little bit and kind of got lucky with a video or two right off the bat. Just some feedback from people right away, right off the bat, which made it a little bit easier to continue doing and get people involved. So we, we got to ask about the houses as the Hockey House pod. Give yeah. us a, a quick tour because I know you guys had a couple different houses when you were in Wisco. Which house did you live in? It Was it I, I, from the videos? I feel like it looks nicer than most hockey houses look. Maybe for the videos because we might have maybe cleaned them a little bit more. But the the house that I lived in, at least, I had my own apartment, which was nice because the guys that I filmed with were in a grade lower than me. They were juniors when I was a senior. They lived together. And then I would just go over to their houses and do a lot of the filming and probably the videos that you may have seen of their houses were was like the Marriott and the Shack were like the main two. They're a good size, but definitely not clean all the time like any hockey house would be, but mostly tried to make them somewhat clean if we had to film there. Talk about like that senior year, because I think it was really crazy for everybody. You know, no matter what level of hockey you were playing at, things were very different. You guys were able to get a couple of games in and and get, which is, I think, better than a lot of people. But what was that like? How difficult was that? I know it kind of opened the door for you guys to make more content, but from the hockey side of things, what was it like going through that year, especially your, your last year playing college? 
hockey. It was kind of the tipping point for me just to kind of solidify that I was ready to be done hockey after that year. We played, I think, 11 games, that whole thing. And the funny thing is we ended up winning the the WIAC with that. It was just such a weird year. Yeah, we were we got called off the ice so many times for like COVID stuff where someone had tested positive and then we just go home for like a week, week long time. And which was kind of like when we just were making more videos and then we're in playoffs, we got a buy in the semis because the other team got sick. So then it took 11 games and it was definitely a fun year. Very weird for the hockey side of it where I just have to, yeah, I guess like hard to take it that seriously when it was just messed up. No fans were there. We didn't even know if we were playing and when you win a championship in 11 games, it still feels awesome and it's great. But at the same time, it's just different when no one's in the crowd and you know that you didn't have to grind the whole entire year of a 20 to 30 game stint to get there. Looking back on your, your college hockey career, what were some of the like the best places that you played at, whether it be at Nebraska or at Wisconsin Superior? My favorite, at least, was North Dakota to play at the Ralph was my biggest memory probably of hockey period that rink and for me growing up really close to it I got to go to a lot of games there I remember stepping on the ice there that was one of the coolest moments for my college hockey career every arena was just cool I think because of the character that that each one had whether they were like nicer than the others but there was just so much to see in everyone like St. Cloud and Duluth Miami I think the conference itself just holds a lot of character to all those arenas yeah I can't really pick one that was besides the Ralph that to me was just a standout favorite and then at the division three I'm sure like the the rinks change and the atmosphere is a little bit different but what were some places that you got to go to at, at that level um we went to Eau Claire we went to Stevens Point I think the furthest east that I went was Chatham or Chatham they were they were cool barns too I liked Eau Claire's I thought that was a really cool one the one that we played with and played in Wisconsin was awesome I love our home arena it was definitely a difference obviously from like the nchc conference to the d3 schools is a big difference i think there's there's definitely like some d1 schools too that like don't have the flashiest barns either that you still end up playing out of conference games and end up playing in those ones so it's never something that for me is a big deal it just is a game changer it's just kind of the different experience that you adjust to more so so both fun so since you since you mentioned Chatham they're a team that kind of likes to to play a lot of these ACHA teams every now and again like um I believe last year they played uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Do you remember the result at all or, and, you know, uh, how that team was? We played two games there. We did win both of them, probably like by it was like two or three goals or one goal. It wasn't like a big difference. They were pretty close games. So I didn't even play in those games either. I remember I was hurt for that trip. But I just watched. I think the feedback from it was that they were kind of, yeah, nothing like a different D3 hockey team that we were playing against in Wisconsin. Obviously, they kept the games really tight. So from what I can remember, they're just as good as like the other teams we played, but maybe just not a top, top team. It's pretty crazy thinking about like kind of how you've got to this point. Like I'm sure when you went to class on the first day in Nebraska, you probably never envisioned where where you're sitting here today with with all the stuff you've made in the last couple of years. Talk about like, when did this first become like a big deal? Like when, what was the point where you were like, I think we have something here that's, that's pretty special. 
it was something that I really wanted to do, no matter if it became a big deal or not. Like I said, I made YouTube videos for two years before anything ever started to be a big deal. So I think when the hockey guys stuff started that to me, I just just from the first video we posted and maybe the first 10, I knew immediately that it felt like a big deal. Then we had gained 100,000 followers in the first month. It wasn't like I I always hoped that, okay, when we're at 200 or when we're at 300, or when we're at 400, then that's when it's going to just be like locked in of this is like, we're good to go now. That's all we need. So it was kind of always just like felt okay, I know we're on the right track. Now let's get to 500k. Like, all right, I know we're on the right track. Let's get to 600. So I always took it really seriously just throughout the whole entire time. But for me, it was more like I just enjoyed to do it the whole time through that big deal or no big deal. I kind of had the same mindset through it all. And now just at every level that we go to, it's trying to do it, do the most while you're there. Like now we're trying to do as much as we can with the NHL, where before we were just trying to get a single email from a team. Um, and they, I think they kind of feel the same in a way. Yeah, that's something that I, I wanted to touch on too. At what point did you guys start getting reached out to by NHL teams? Was it the league specifically? Was it teams that wanted you guys to come make content? Because now I think you're at the point, and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically you are, are going and it's kind of like a brand deal where you go to a team and you make content in exchange for the experience that get, they give you guys, right? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is now. Sometimes it's with the team and sometimes it's with a brand that's partnering with the team or the event like the Winter Class for example, was something that we got to do with Bleacher Report and Discover. So it had nothing to do with like the team or the NHL, but just the brands around that obviously have a big impact in supporting those events. I remember the first email that we got, I think was from the Rangers. It was in 2021. Sometime in September, I think we had 600,000 followers. And I, I guess like to backtrack a little bit when I, like I said, I started it when I was in my senior year and those guys were juniors. So I actually graduated and then did my master's at a school right next to them. So I could stay another year take schooling and also continue doing this. Once I was going to that school and they were at Wisconsin, they were still playing hockey. I was completely done. Um, and then that was the time period where we started doing more with the NHL. I wasn't playing hockey anymore. So I spent a lot of time just filming them at the arena, uh, which helped, I guess, like make more content. We did that for a little bit and then went to the Winter Classic. Uh, like a full year ago, Winter Classic was the first time we went to an NHL event besides just getting emails beforehand. And kind of backtracking a, a little bit under your hockey career and touching on the content too. Last time that you and I talked, we mentioned, you know, the structure that you have to have to kind of balance the lifestyle, schoolwork, hockey, making content. What did you learn in, in college about time management? How does that kind of set you guys up? In college itself, for me, it was more of like the, the fact that I tried to do YouTube plus college was when I really had to learn about time management. I remember when I was in Omaha, school felt a lot simpler and I ha had a lot more free time. I played a ton of video games, but like I could just always get by. But when I went to Wisconsin, I started filming vlogs, then I had to edit them. And then I cared a lot more about that, which then for me became this hurdle of, all right, now I actually have to learn how to manage this time that I have in a day or a week because I put more on my plate that kind of forced me down that path to figure it out or else I would literally have no time left. So I think that's kind of the process you learn when you start a you know podcast in college or you do something on top of just being a student athlete. 
that's when you really get pushed to figure it out to best manage your time so that you can do everything that you really want to do in those four years. How hard was it as popular as the hockey guys started to get while you were in school? Was it hard to be like, oh, I can't believe I I was just emailing the NHL and now I got to go to class the next day? It was actually, I remember my senior year, it wasn't bad because we were online and it was just a lot easier to do a lot of it without really having to go into class that much. And my senior workload wasn't bad. It was really, really hard when I had to do my master's and everything was in class. We had a very small class. I couldn't be on my phone. There was a lot of times where we had to be like in school for six hours or something like that, plus homework. And it, I think it for me, it got harder because more of the business side came into the hockey guys where I couldn't stop thinking about certain things. And at the same time, I had to listen to a lecture. That was really a challenge just to try not to be clocked out when you know that there's so much going on when for me, it was just really, really tough. So I'm glad that's done. That's for sure. Glad I don't have to study anymore. And I think that's the worst part about it is probably like you guys probably know too. It's like you have to study for something. You have a test coming up, but at the same time, you rather think about an interview or think about making content and doing your brand. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. That's a, that's exactly what we go through. It's like I, I want to check my phone to see like what the latest news is in, in college hockey. And then I'm also like, I have no idea what my philosophy professor is saying right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tying or Collins, you, you go first and then I'll, I'll, I'll hit him with mine. Yeah. So when you were when you were doing your master's, um, did you have like a full flesh vision that, you know, the hockey guys would you know, one day become like a, a full blown media company where you guys are, are doing advertising for a lot of these big companies? Or did you just kind of see it as like, oh, this is just a thing I'm going to do for now. And then I'm going to go get a real job. Uh, that's an air quotations for everybody who can't see. Yeah. Did you see this kind of becoming a your full time job? Still to this day, I have the same mindset as when I would kind of did that. And it was that I'm going to pretty much do as much as I can on my like real job side to make sure that like at any point you could have just like, you know, completely gone to one side or the other, some sort of balancing of the risk of knowing that if you go all in, like you, you can always do that. But I think it was good that I finished my education. And I think at that point when I was taking my master's, I did not know that I would be here today. We had to figure a lot of things out over the summer of where we were going to move and take this thing to. So it was kind of more like I'm going to do both as hard as I can. As soon as like opportunities jump up with this hockey guy stuff, then I know that I can go and take them. But if they don't, I still do have a good degree and stuff that I can go back to. I wouldn't say even today that I'm in the vision of like, I feel safe where I am. It's more like we have an opportunity for the next six months. We're going to work as hard as we can and do as much as we can to hopefully, you know, open another door that gives us maybe two more years or like that's kind of the mindset and safety it's felt like. I think from the I think from maybe like social media can always look differently that all these guys are uh, have everything going for them. That's great and there's no worry in the world but can easily say that it's more more of like a figuring out stage as we go hoping again we can just continue going but can definitely tell you that a year from now there's no promises that i'll be doing this so yeah tying this kind of back to club hockey when you know there's a lot of people who are in in my shoes or or Colin's shoes where you know we're actually like 
doing the social media for the teams that we play for. There's a lot of guys who, whether it's graphic design, video editing, creating content, it's kind of all pretty player-based. What would be some advice that you would give to hockey players looking to create their own content? Like, What are some things that they should be looking for? I think it's really good that you have all your guys and stuff, or there's guys that are doing the content, social media, and the graphic design. I think obviously you're going to be bad at it at the start, which can easily be guaranteed that everyone's going to be. But like, if you do want to do it, again, the very cliche answer, I mean, you have to just start doing it and accepting that people are going to maybe make fun of you, maybe think it's a little bit weird at the beginning, but you can improve so fast at it too nowadays. You do kind of need to be a jack of all trades if you want to really do it well. Three years in, I'm wishing that I could do graphic design and design a t-shirt or design a hat or design a logo, but I can't, which is annoying because it just brings another hurdle now that you have to find someone that does it. I think the reason we've made it far is because at least uh, the background of editing that I already had built in created a lot of corners that we could cut. So learning a lot of skills as fast as you can when you're uh, kind of just starting out is super important, but definitely anyone can do it, especially if you're in the hockey world. I think there's a lot of opportunity to succeed there. And then kind of tying back to your playing days, what is something that if somebody listening to this was interested in, in, in playing college hockey, now that you've, you've been through it, you've seen both sides of the division one and division three level, what is some advice that you would give to somebody who's, you know, maybe in the recruiting process right now and, and deciding between schools, what would, what's something that you would say to them? Probably say that the idea of a certain level is not as big of a deal as it feels like when you're committing. I think if there's anything I've learned that, you know, when you graduate after four years or when you're friends and you're hanging out with guys that have played mixed ages that no one really cares, a D1 player that's doesn't go to the NHL that ends up in the same spot as anyone else is all like it doesn't it's not as cool as it may seem to be and it really only matters that you're going to pick somewhere that you're going to enjoy it in that moment because again you don't carry on that crazy legacy and feeling of committing to a certain school for the rest of your life it it's cool for a little bit and then it's it's gone after that so it's like there's no point in just picking the spot that you think is just going to look coolest on your Twitter, social media, or whatever it may be, because it really won't matter. And I had just as much fun at Wisconsin as I did in uh, Omaha at the different levels. Um, and it would not have made a difference. It, it was only the experience at the end of the day. Like, I loved the experience playing D1. I'm glad I had it. But other than that, it's just the same thing as my experience D3, just different with different guys doing different things. But yeah. What's uh what's been your favorite video that you guys have, have put out? I'd have to probably say uh one of our first ones when we recreated we did the Mighty Ducks scene like two years ago in our hometown, or like not our hometown, but we're in Superior, Wisconsin. And we actually rollerbladed in in the school a little bit just to kind of make it fun. And that was a pretty fun day filming that video on our rollerblades, just going to different locations. Somebody on Twitter was was chirping the new one you guys did for the Winter Classic because they mm-hmm. were saying a, a, a real Bostonian would have like tripped one of you guys when you went roller rollerblading through downtown Boston wearing Penguins jerseys. Yeah, no kidding. That's a good point. I wish I wish they would have put that scene in there. That would have been hilarious, actually. Yeah, that that and honestly, that one wasn't even as fun as the I think the one that we originally did. We like we did it a lot differently in Boston with Bleacher Report, which 
they obviously did a great job of doing it. But again, like the the OG version when we did it with no plan in mind of just an iPhone and our home, we just like we even went to a bar one of our local bars and and rollerblade out of it just to make it like kind of original. But that was hands down. Yeah, hilarious. But looking back at like your entire uh, experience in college, what, what would you say was your uh, your favorite memory overall? It doesn't have to be hockey guys related. What would you say that is? There's uh there's a lot of them. That's for sure. There's like there's so many different categories of them for me. Like there's obviously ones on the ice winning the WIAC with my senior year and that being my final game of hockey that I'd ever play was something that might stick with me forever in terms of a memory. Like that was a really, really cool championship to win playing at North Dakota. Obviously the ones that were just off the ice, having fun in the houses, nothing that I would say I could like specifically point out from, from any of those nights. Cause again, at like the D one level at the D three level, anything that happens like outside the rink is always just as fun. Like there was never a more fun time at a different level than at D three. So those memories compile and a lot of them I don't uh, can't say specifically and think back to. They're a little bit blurry, but they're all really, really good times with teammates and like any hockey player experience would be really playing at any level of college, which is why I loved it so much. What's uh what's the next step for the hockey guys? Like are we gonna get like a, a reality TV show soon? I don't think it'll ever get to that point, nor would we may not be the best on a reality TV show. But <laughs> we we started a podcast recently. For us, we really want to grow that and that's specifically gonna focus kind of on our conversation today a little bit is just we want to talk to other athletes that had a similar path to us of creating content as they played their sports and serving more of a new generation of not just hockey, but whatever other sports that like baseball too. So we're really looking forward to diving into that world and learning about it more and getting better at interviewing, talking to some cool people. Our hopes with the NHL just kind of, we don't know exactly where those are, but we just want to be there and do what we can to try to pave a new path with uh, with the creator world in the NHL that's kind of becoming something that I for sure don't know what direction it's fully going to go in, but we're just going to do what we can to be a part of it. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, we, we we thank you so much for jumping on. Great talking with you, giving providing some insights. Uh, we look forward to seeing the continuous growth of the hockey guys in the near future. Once again, thank you to Lawson for joining the show. Means the world. Really good guy. Him providing some insight. Hopefully, guys listening take some things away. And you know, he's obviously doing what he loves right now, which is the same thing we're trying to do. So uh, always good to connect with guys like that. And we really appreciate him taking the time out of his really busy schedule the last couple of weeks to to sit down with us and answer some questions. But what brings us to the games to watch this week? We got a bunch of them. Shout out to Herm. He did a killer job. Uh, he's working the Comets game tonight, so he's not on. But we got a bunch of games lined up. Up. We'll start with the Division One action on Friday night. Ohio University hosting Liberty University at Bird Arena. This one's going to be a packed barn. Bird Arena is going to be buzzing with the Flames in town. It's usually a really good matchup. Grand Valley State is taking on Calvin at Griff's Georgetown. Michigan rivalry uh, between two teams that are having pretty good seasons so far in the top 25. Uh, Lawrence Tech is playing Concordia. Um, this is a huge one because Concordia is looking to bounce back. Lawrence Tech dropped to Cleary, so they want to right the ship. Should be a fun one to watch. We also have a Missouri rivalry with Maryville and Missouri State taking each other on. 
at Maryville University Hockey Center. Down in Tucson, Arizona is taking on UNLV. Arizona released those pretty clean navy blue jerseys this week. I'm sure they're going to break them out this weekend against the Rebels, so we'll have to keep an eye on that one. In women's Division One action, Minot State's taking on Indiana Tech at Mesa Arena. Two solid teams in the top 10 in women's Division One ACHA. In men's D2 ACHA action, Miami University is taking on Ohio State University two of the top teams in the Central, and then two of the top teams in the West, Metropolitan State University Denver takes on Weber State, one we'll keep an eye on, and then Indiana is taking on Ohio University at the Frank. Herm versus Fitz, really key matchup with the Hoosiers taking on the Bobcats. And then in men's division three action, we have Michigan taking on Notre Dame potential nationals matchup here. Two teams that are pretty hot in men's division three ACHA clashing on Friday night. And then lastly, in the CHF, we have the iron cup, which is always a good one to watch Auburn taking on Alabama at Columbus ice rink Saturday. We have a huge matchup Saginaw Valley state. They are taking on Eastern Michigan university, Saginaw Valley state. They play in division three ACHA and they have been having a great year. Eastern Michigan, not having a great year in division one, but they're looking to right the ship uh, here in the second half. And they're going to do so with a matchup against Saginaw Valley state. Saginaw will be the home team here, but a huge division three versus division one matchup in the ACHA. That'll get a lot of people's attention this weekend. And then Saturday, Niagara takes, on Pitt in an Eschel clash in Division One action, and then in D2 ACHA Millersville is taking on Penn State Harrisburg ACHA versus CHF matchup. We get a Division Three versus a Division One matchup. Plenty of things to circle. We got the Iron Cup as well. So Herm did a fantastic job this weekend. Plenty of games to look out for, uh, and we hope you catch as many as you can. But that leads us to the game of the week. Two of the top teams in Division One ACHA meetup: Minot State makes the trek to central Oklahoma at the Arctic edge ice arena, tough environment to play in. Minot handed it to UCL a couple weekends ago before the break. So central Oklahoma looking to get back on top. I'm taking Minot state with this one. I think Minot is just pretty much aside from their, their hiccup against you, Mary, they've been unbeatable this year. And I think they're going to continue their winning ways. They're just such a gritty, tough team to play against. I think they're not afraid of going into a tough environment like UCO. They'll probably thrive off of it. A lot of those guys play Canadian juniors. They're not scared of some Bronco fans heckling them in central Oklahoma, but Collins, who are you taking? Yeah, I'm taking my not as well. I mean, it, you you kind of stole the words from my mouth. You know, getting swept and losing eight to one and seven to two. I think everybody's going to be thinking, "Why not?" I mean, UCO, please prove us otherwise. Like, please stop this train that is that is my not state right now. Let's get some uh, let's get some shake up in the in the top five uh, of the rankings. Glick, who are you taking in this one? I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think it is so hard not to take Minot State right now, especially with just how good they've been doing this year. They're just an absolute wagon. It's going to take something really big, which, you know, as uh, Colin said, hopefully, you know, UCO does, is able to, you know, prove us wrong, but I just don't, it's just such a tough team to play against. Yeah. Well, we'll see what Herm and, and Fitzy have to say. If it's a clean sweep for Minot State, you'll have to check out social media to see what their picks are. Uh, should be an exciting weekend of hockey. As we wrap things up here, like we mentioned, a pretty quick episode for us. Keep it light this week. Uh, what well, was curious, are you guys big New Year's resolution guys or, or or is that stuff, you know, hocus pocus? Collins, you first. I don't know. I think it, it, I'm a big believer in setting goals for myself, no matter how big, no, how, uh, no matter how small. So I may not stick to my New Year's resolution, but I do like to have those goals and try to try to shoot for them. 
Uh, what about you, Glick? I'm not so much of a New Year's resolution guy. I mean, I feel like goals are pretty, obviously pretty important. Very hard to move forward in life if you don't have them. But I feel like I almost wait until just right before the start of the semester. I feel like that's just a great time. You're transitioning from break into school. That just kind of, I feel like that's around the time when I start to make my goals for that year. Yeah, I, I like like you mentioned, Glick. I, I think this time of year you get a lot of time to kind of reflect, and and it is. I know people don't like. Some people are are all for resolutions, and the other people think like, why should I let a calendar flipping decide what I'm going to do? I, I I see both sides to it. I'm going to try this some, this year to get, kind of give myself more time. I think I've been stressing myself out too much uh, on my, on my plate. But one thing I am going to try to do this year is read more. I think I've been reading the same book for the last two and a half years because I just can't I can't finish it, and I'm so far into it that I'm like I I can't just drop this book but speaking of of the savannah bananas we talked about earlier but jesse cole man in the yellow tuxedo he he has a new book that i've been reading away recently so that's my resolution to read more and so far it's going good but i hope i have more, plenty of time to read because i like to joke that i have no time to read and then i watch tiktok for two hours before bed so we're going to try to substitute the tiktok scrolling for maybe 30 minutes of reading and, and, and get some better sleep collins any final thoughts this week kind of a quick one for us but no um see you boys see you boys yeah.